Matthew chapter 6 in your Bibles again. Boy, I, I feel like I could get up here and just tell stories and, and uh, I could tell some true ones and I could tell some tall ones. Amen. And uh, uh, I loved my time here. I, I'm telling you, uh, I've now been at Loomis Park three times longer than I was here. That's hard to believe. I mean, just the three years we spent here, and I was telling Pastor about it today as we were just fellowshipping, um, you know, both of our boys were born right here. I mean, not in this auditorium, I mean, at the hospital, uh, but in Connecticut, you know, both of our boys. And then um, we can always track how long we've been at Loomis Park by our son Luke's birthday because we candidated. And how many of you remember when we went out and candidated and Carrie was out to here with Luke and uh, we candidated in September of 09 and they voted us in. And then Luke was born in October of 09, and then in November of 09, Pastor, we pulled out and, and uh, left. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I, um, we were so blessed to have Pastor with us on uh, uh, Father's Day. And uh, you, know, you know how he is. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, why, why do you have me? Oh, why do you have me? Uh, uh, don't call me anymore, amen? Yes, yes, that's my, my pastor shot impression, amen? It's, isn't it good, Laura? I'm telling you, it's a good one, amen? I worked hard at that. You know how many times I sat in the office and got that? Pay attention, Brother Caleb, amen? You'll, you'll get it down, amen? Oh, praise the Lord. By the way, aren't you glad for Brother Caleb? Did a great job up here leading, singing, and got those, those twins, hallelujah. And uh, praise the Lord, God brought this special couple here and uh, uh, servant. I, I, I like him already. Just met him today, and we are just talking. But I, just, I thank the Lord for Pastor and Sonny. And you precious people that invested in my wife and I and uh, love our children. I'm telling you what, and this is, this is gospel. We don't, whenever we come out, which is rare, I think the last time I was out, uh, you, uh, Brother Arnie, amen, and it, as you were forever be known, amen, uh, Dale and Marcy hid me out at their house, and uh, it was for Pastor's 30th. Uh, remember that. Of course, your family was in town and all that. But um, I, I'm just, uh, I just think about this church and how special it is, just how special it is. But there are precious few people, and I, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. There are precious few people we allow our children to spend the night with. That's just the way we are. I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks about it. I really don't. And every time we come out, my wife and I are able to get away for a couple of days because the hearts are one of those people. And you guys just love our kids. Wait till you see Eric. I'm telling you what, he's, he's playing the piano now. He played, his, played an offertory on, on uh, Sunday night. And uh, he's five feet tall, 115 pounds. He's 10 years old. I'm telling you what, the grocery bill on that kid is killing me. The offering tonight is going to buy cheese and milk, amen, and uh, praise the Lord. Would you stand with me, Matthew chapter 6? I want to preach a message. I, I, I know that wherever you are, I was telling pastor about this, and uh, I'm just going to stay local here, Brother Rich. I'll, I, won't, I won't move around tonight. I'll, I'll stay on the pulpit here. Um, wherever you are, last night in our church, I, I preached on forgiveness, 
And uh, as forgiveness is one of those messages, like as a pastor, you want to preach appropriate things. On, on Father's Day, when we preach to fathers, we're not really preaching to the ladies. That's just the way it is, amen? On Mother's Day, we're not really preaching to the dads, amen? But I'll tell you what, when you preach on forgiveness, you're preaching to everybody. Because we're all in need of it, and many times we all need to grant it, amen? But tonight's message is a, a simple title scripturally handling stress. Scripture, and I don't know where you are in your life, uh, and it, it's funny, you know, when, when you have kids and they say the, you know, have you ever seen that kid say the, the strangest things? You know, when, a, when an eight-year-old comes to you and says, Dad, I'm so stressed. <laughs> and I just say, no, you're not. <laughs> but as adults, there are stresses and strains in life, isn't there? Whoever that is, just tell them. Is it Miss Peggy? Just, just, Miss Peggy, just tell them we're, we're not available. Amen? <laughs> hey, you know, that always happens in church. It's amazing. One of these times, it's going to be mine. You know, my, my ringtone for my alarm is, uh, how many of you know the Looney Tunes? You know Bugs Bunny. How many of you remember that one where Bugs Bunny is the conductor, and he's just doing this? That's my alarm, Brother Kim. One of these days it's going to go off in church, amen? I'm just going to be up here preaching and it's going to just happen to me. I know it is. Scripturally handling stress, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 24 with me. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Where's Janet? Amen. We were talking about that in the parking lot. Amen. She said, I'm drinking. I said, you can't afford to. Amen. <laughs> Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, and by the way, anytime you see that word wherefore or therefore, ask yourself what it's there for. It ties you back to these verses, the previous verses. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, Lord, we ask for your help now. Thank you for this, this church family. Lord, this is a family. 
not just a church body, but a family. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. Lord, thank you for this family, our family, people that we served with and labored with and prayed with and ministered with. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with each one tonight. I think of those that many are going through stressful situations of life in all different stations of life. I pray that you would please bless this message. May it be helpful. May your spirit put his finger on areas that we need to give in to you and turn over to you. Lord, I pray that you'd bless in a special way. Thank you for all that you give. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. You may be seated. The more that we advance in our human knowledge of medicine, the more that we are made aware that stress is a killer. It's a killer. Now, let me just say again, not everyone who says they are or feels stressed out is really stressed out. I'm reminded of the true stories of the combat soldier, what they had to deal with on the battlefield, Pastor, how many of them battle post-traumatic stress disorder as they assimilate back into normal life. That's stress, amen? The, the, the stress of uh, bullets flying by, the stress of buddies being blown up, but there's more than one kind of stress. Anatomically, stress can be good for brief periods of time. This is how people will do sometimes superhuman things for a brief period of time. I, I read this uh, um, 20, uh, from 20, or, uh, a medical journal. It said this. It said, when you are in danger, your brain sends both nerve and chemical triggers to the adrenal glands which in turn pump out hormones like cortisol, which raises blood pressure and blood sugar. Again, that's good for a brief period of time. But you don't want to be under that consistently. 25 uh, surprising ways stress affects your health. Stress has been linked to weight gain, heart-related issues, insomnia, tension headaches, migraines, memory issues, and I can't remember the rest of the list. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Uh, hair loss, Brother Dave Field. Premature labor, I'm not even going there. Amen. Blood sugar, diabetes, blood pressure, digestive issues, brain function, emotion and self-control loss, skin issues, risk of stroke, and on we could go. Stress is real, ladies and gentlemen. It is real. And everyone is forced to deal with it in some way. Some overeat when they get stressed. You see them. They, they don't, Brother Benedict, they, they don't get the bowl of ice cream. They get the half gallon. What's going on? I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. Okay. Well, that's about the fifth day in a row you've been stressed out and the ice cream is suffering, amen? Hey, some medicate legally or illegally. Hmm? Overstress. Some indulge in fleshly appetites. Some turn to alcohol. 
What should the people of God do when it comes to stress? I mean, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we say it all the time at our church, the people of God ought to be different in our attitudes and actions. I mean, listen, if we truly believe the Bible and we're saved here tonight, the Spirit of God dwells in us. What should we do? What should we do? Well, I want you to look at this text, and it's a blessed text from the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to notice, just by way of introduction, uh, verse 25, notice the apprehension, if you would. He says, therefore, the Lord says, take Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? You say, what's the apprehension here? I'll tell you what it is. It's worry. Worry. I know you don't worry. You get concerned. That's Christian code for worry. That's what it is. Amen. And so there's an apprehension here that that Jesus deals with, and he gives us a suggestion in verse 25, not only the apprehension, but the suggestion. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat in the body more than rain? He, He says here, life is more than just existing which everybody does by having meat and raiment. Amen? So there's the apprehension, there's the suggestion, and then there's the illustrations, verses 26 through 31. The first illustration is that of the fowls. Verse 26, behold the fowls of the air. So he, he, he asks a rhetorical question. A rhetorical question is a question, the answer is obvious. Okay? He asks a rhetorical question, but then he points out an illustration. And I can see, Pastor, the Lord Jesus, maybe there's a flock of birds over there. He says, look over there. Behold the fowls. And what does he say? Verse 26. For they sow not. You you don't see see, uh, uh, ravens with three corn seeds in their mouth poking a hole and then dropping the seeds in. They don't do that. Neither do they reap. They certainly, if they don't sow, they don't, they don't come along and, and reap a harvest. Nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I think it must be they have no heavenly Father such as cares for you and me. So the first illustration he gives is of the fowls. The second illustration he gives is of the flowers. Verses 28 through 30. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies. And listen, he's he's not talking about waking up and thinking you should put on clothes. Let me give you a piece of advice. You should put on clothes. Okay? If you're thinking about it, please continue with that thought. He's He's talking about worrying about it. Hmm? What, what, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to... And he says there, consider the lilies of the field. I love Easter time, Pastor. The lilies. It's a resurrection flower. Man, spring. Everything comes back to life. Everything that was dead for three months comes back to life. 
because of he that was dead for three days who came back to life. And he said, because I live, ye shall live also. Amen. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The one who the queen of Sheba came and saw the kingdom and glory of Solomon and pastor said, the half hath not yet been told. Jesus says one lily, one lily that doesn't do anything to make itself more beautiful is greater than Solomon in all his glory. Then, apprehension, suggestion, illustration. He gives an admonition in verse 32. And pastor, for so many years I focused on verse 33, and we'll talk about it tonight. But you know that verse 32 is the key to verse 33. See, verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah, we like that. Amen. First priorities. Amen. And that's good preaching. But it's verse 32 says, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. You know, I don't think I could understand that, Pastor, before I became a father. When one of my children has a need, the overwhelming desire in my heart is to meet that need. Now, I'm told that that multiplies times a billion when you become a grandfather. And I'm also told that grandchildren are God's reward for you not killing your children. <laughs> Pastor, do you agree? No, I'm not, I, your daughter's sitting right there. You better not agree. Amen. No, listen. I, I preached a message at our church a, a couple of weeks back called The Thoughts of the Father. The Thoughts of Your Father. And it's so beautiful. It's in the 139th Psalm uh, where he said, uh, How great are thy thoughts to me. And I, and I was trying, we, we, Pastor, we do a, a, at our church now, we, we have a screen back there, and I, I don't use the screen very much, but we always have a graphic. We'll, we'll have like announcements, you know, uh, that'll just kind of scroll up there. Uh, but I had a graphic, and I found the best graphic for that message, Brother Paul. And it was this. It was a little baby sleeping right up here. And the father was right behind him like this. And he just, he just couldn't take his eyes off that little baby. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the admonition is this. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be overly stressed. You have a heavenly father. Hmm? All God's people said? Amen. Then there's the direction, verse 33. Since you have a heavenly father... Put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't end there, does it? I think there's a comma, right? And all these things, all the things you were worrying about, all the things that you were chewing your fingernails about, all the things that you were stressing about, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, if you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. Pastor, I, I've preached that for years. I've preached that for years. And I meant it every time I preached it. I really did. In this housing transaction, I have actually seen it take place. 
before my very eyes. And I don't say that in pride at all. Not at all. See, ladies and gentlemen, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad his promise for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord? Aren't you glad he keeps that one? I sure am. Uh, Listen, and he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, running over. And so the direction is this, put God's first. Now let me give you just a simple topical message here, how to handle stress. What should we do? I'll tell you what we should always do, and it's, it's, it's the overview of the whole message. Anytime, anything, we should go to the Word of God. Hmm? Okay? So let me give you seven quick points tonight. If you want to take them down, write, write notes here. Number one, how should we handle stress? Scripturally handling stress. Number one, control your thinking. Control your thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, Proverbs tells us. What does Philippians 4 verse 8 tell us to do? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Control your thinking. We're talking about stress, right? Can I just give you a few little subpoints there? Through, first of all, one of the greatest ways to control your thinking is through creation. One of the things I'm looking forward to most, Pastor, when I was a boy, my parents lived on the side of East Mountain in Westfield, Massachusetts, and we romped through the woods. And then there was times where we just walked through the woods. One of my favorite writers is a author named Vance Havner. You ought to get everything you can by Vance Havner. He is just fantastic. And he, one of the things he talks about how, how city life and busy life is destroying our spirituality. And that is simply this. I remember, I remember being out here where there's no streetlights, Pastor, and looking up at those stars and just looking up and thinking, Wow, my father made all that. Amen. Control your thinking with, through creation. Control your thinking through meditation. And I'm not talking about hum, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about meditating on his promises to you. You know what, ladies? If you don't get anything else tonight, if you get this, you'll be better off for it. Filter your feelings through the Word of God. Filter your feelings through the Word of God. You know what you're doing when you do that? You're controlling your thinking through creation, through meditation, through supplication. What's that? Prayer. Prayer. And he spake a parable unto them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. Can I give you something else? Not only controlling your thinking. We're talking about scripturally handling stress here through creation and meditation and supplication and through selection of godly music. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You have two, we have five senses, but two primary gates, eye gate and ear gate. It's where stuff comes in. 
I'm going to tell you, sometimes we're overly stressed because we are not listening to the right kind of music. Music is of God. Listen, the right kind. Amen? And I'm telling you what, the right kind of music can minimize your stress. I, I'm, I, with, I know it's true in my own life. I think about different times. I can think of two CDs that were given to me, Pastor, where I was under tremendous stress. Two, I, I can literally think, the Nichols family, Before Your Home is Just a Memory, fantastic CD. Uh, you can digitally download it uh, through Faith Music Missions. And the other one was Brother Willette, Brother R.B. Willette, I Still Believe. Those came to me at, at points where I was under tremendous stress, and Pastor, I just had the good sense, I guess, to keep them in the CD player in the car. And Brother Ray, they helped me. They helped me. Control your thinking. A lot of stress is the product of stinking thinking. Hmm? Wrong thinking. Worrisome thinking. Control your thinking, number one. Two, confidently trust your God. I'm so stressed out. Listen, I, I, I have to be honest with you. Right now, we just, ministry-wise, we just lost our youth pastor after six and a half years. Now, it's a joyous thing. He's going to plant a church in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, a spiritual wasteland. Amen. But I'll tell you what, it has left us with a huge hole. Six and a half years. Uh, pastor Donald Savini is a dynamic youth pastor. I've known him since he was a little boy. I was his youth pastor uh, when he was a teenager, him and his wife both. On top of that, my wife and I are trying to sell our home and buy a home at the exact same time that all this is happening, Pastor, in our church. And there are things coming down the pike that I know about as pastor that the church is not aware of yet that I know are, are stressful things. And listen, if I'm not careful, I can just say, throw my hands up and say, where's God in all this? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. See, that's what we do, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? We figure things out. You ever see the old bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot? Cross out the word co. If he's your co-pilot, that's the problem. You're handling things, and it's not going that well, amen? You're stressed. Trust, confidently trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. And that is simply this. When your understanding and what God is doing disagree, don't lean on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Through the haze of stress, amen? Confidently trust your God. Remember his omnipotence. What does that mean? That means God is all-powerful. Remember that. Not only remember his omnipotence, rest in his will. You know what that means? You've got to yield to him. Nobody likes to yield. Any of you guys remember that game, Mercy, when you were a kid? You lock hands. You better not do it against Ray. You're going to lose, okay? The meat hook, Amen. <laughs> Brother Ray, even if somebody was stronger than me, 
even if somebody had bigger hands than me, I would not say mercy. I mean, you're getting ready to break fingers. You can hear the bones cracking. I would not say, I hated to yield. I hated to yield. I played chess against my dad. My dad learned from my grandfather who learned in Poland. You figure out how many times I lost. One time when I was a teenager, I beat my dad and I wouldn't play him again for a year. I just walked around the house going, who's the chess champion of the house? So let's play again. I said, no, no, I'm retired, amen, <laughs> at 14. Oh, I, my dad used to chase me around the board, Brother Dayfield, amen, just the king running ahead of pawn here, and I hated to yield. He'd get me finally to that spot. He said, go ahead, tip it over, tip it over. I hated to yield. You know what? In our flesh, we still don't like to yield to God. But he's our father. He always has our best interest in heart. So confidently trust your God. Remember his omnipotence. Rest in his will. Rely on his provision. Be not dismayed, whate'er betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. You gotta, you gotta rest in his provision. So control your thinking, number one. Two, confidently trust your God. Three, love this. Cast all your care upon him. You say, God already knows what's stressing me out. True. How do you know that, Pastor? He knows everything. But he still told us to tell him about it. You know what? I've realized the older I get, Brother Neil, it's not for his sake. It's for our sake. Cast your care. Listen, cast your, all your care upon God. Be careful for nothing, Philippians 4 says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. How does that happen? We tell him. We tell him. Say, oh, he already knows it. Yes, he does. But he still told us to ask. He still told us to let our requests be made known unto God. He still told us to cast all our care upon him. That thing that's stressing you out. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Four. Boy, here's one. This is where they say, stone him, stone him. And I duck like this, amen. Cooperate with unchangeable circumstances. If you're going to, listen, if you're going to learn to scripturally handle stress, you're going to have to learn to cooperate with unchangeable circumstances. There are things you can control and there are things you can't control. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Not some things, not just the things you think are working, all things. When I was a young person, younger, thank you very much, amen, younger, still young, 
say that at my church. I look out at the sweet, I call them the seasoned saints. You know what, Pastor? Nine years of pastoring, you learn some tactful things to say. Seasoned saints, amen? And uh, say, when I, was, when I was a child, I was an adopted only child. So, and we got little Vastero boys here. You have to share stuff, don't you? Bless your little hearts. I never had to share anything. Nothing. One of, you know what? One of the fellows that was on our pulpit committee said, Pastor, that concerned him. <laughs> He's like, you're an only adopted child. You never had to share anything. I said, well, that's true. I had to run of the house. Anything I wanted and uh, I could have, you know, my parents were just that way. And I remember one day being in the kitchen and uh, walking around and, and, and going through the cupboards. Oh, nothing there. Crackling. Oh, Bran, get rid of that. Amen. And, and opening this. And, and I went right above the, the oven and I was just tall enough to be able to reach up above the oven. And I saw a box of Hershey's chocolate. And I pulled one off, and it was kind of weird-shaped. It was like square and kind of fat. It looked like a chunky bar. And just to make sure, Miss June, I smelled it because it wasn't normally the packed in foil, amen? And I smelled it, and it smelled like chocolate. And I took the wax paper off, and Miss Peggy, I took a bite. And I had one of the most disappointing experiences of my entire life. When I went, oh, oh, what is that? And I was like, well, literacy helps. It says unsweetened baking chocolate on the side. Say, Pastor, why do you tell that story? Because I know this. If you'll take some unsweetened baking chocolate and some eggs and some flour and some sugar, lots of sugar, more sugar than you, and you put it in a bowl and you stir it all together and you bake it whatever temperature, I'm not even going to try to say the right one because I'll be wrong, Amen. You get something that all of us would want to cut into after church tonight, amen? But what's the key? Together. You know what? Those unchangeable circumstances that are stressing you out, God's working them together with everything for your good. So control your thinking. One, confidently trust your God. Two, cast all your care upon him. Four, cooperate with unchangeable circumstances. Five, Cultivate a sense of humor. Pastor, some people are too serious. And that's the truth. You're, you're stressed out because you're too serious. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, the Bible says. God's best pill for stress is laughter. I, I told my youth pastor when he came... I said, listen, the ministry's wonderful. The ministry's heartbreaking. The ministry, I said, you have to find things that can make you laugh. I'm not talking about irreverent things. I'm not talking about improper things. I'm talking about things that can make you laugh. For me, for years, I have listened to old radio programs. They make me laugh. I listen to Jack Benny. I listen to Burns and Allen. I listen to Gildersleeve and all those old, they make me laugh. 
I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, stress many times, many times. And, and by the way, if you want to really laugh, just look in the mirror. Huh? You know, somebody said if you laugh at yourself, you'll never run out of material. And that's true, amen? Cultivate a sense of humor. I'm telling you, it'll reduce your stress level. There are times you just have to laugh. My wife and I, I'm, I, one of the areas, Pastor, that I've succeeded in my marriage, I've been married 22 years, one of the areas I've succeeded is I can make my wife laugh at almost the drop of a hat. And I said, well, just look at me, amen? Just look at me. It's funny, amen? But literally, like, we can, we just make each other laugh. There's enough to cry about in life. Hmm? Remember that. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Laugh a little. Laugh a little. That's number five. Number six. So we got control your thinking, confidently trust your God, cast all your care upon him, cooperate with unchangeable circumstances, cultivate a sense of humor. Six, verse 33, but seek ye, what's the word? First, crown God first in your life. You know, there's a great song. One of my favorite songs is, um, I can never think of the actual title of it. I think it's called I Give You Freedom. The Whippoorwill song. That's how we know it, the Whippoorwill song. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I write the music for the Whippoorwills. You know that song? There's a line in that song, Pastor, that says, that says talks about how I give you freedom my own sons come to me by choice. And we know that's for salvation, but you know what else that's for? That's for lordship. You know what God wants us to do of our own free will is to crown him Lord of our life. That, listen, so many times God is a spare tire for people. You know what you use a spare tire for? When you, only when you need it. Only when you need it. Boy, God ought not to be that way in our life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You listen, you want to scripturally handle stress? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Crown him first place in your life. As we had our last service for Pastor Donald on Sunday, he preached in the morning and I preached in the evening. It was amazing, Pastor, how the messages dovetailed together. He preached out of 1 Corinthians 16 how Paul was leaving Corinth for Ephesus, and he said, a great door and effectual is open for me. And on Sunday night, I preached after he'd been in Ephesus for three years, sorrowing most of all for the words that he spake that they should see his face no more. And he said, I would love to stay. He said, I love it here. I love the people here. I love our church he said, but I have to go because the safest place for me is in God's will. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? The safest place for you is to crown him Lord of your life because you know what you're doing? You're, you're saying, I'm not in charge. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be stressed. You be stressed for me. And you know what God can do? He can handle it. <laughs> he can handle it. So you talked about verse 26 there about the fowls of the air. Someone, someone, 
said, have you ever thought about the entire food bill every day for all the birds? Neither have they. They just know they have a heavenly father that feeds them. Control your thinking. Confidently trust your God. Cast all your care upon him. Cooperate with unchangeable circumstance. Cultivate a sense of humor. Crown God first in your life. And then verse 34 Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Lastly, number seven, comply with God's timetable. Say, what do you mean, Pastor? Would you stop fretting about tomorrow? Start living for God today. This is, listen, this is not an admonition to foolishness. This is not an admonition to stand on a hill in a robe. I'm just not going to worry about tomorrow. No, you should still save. You should still, listen, you should still go to work. Don't, don't call in vacation in a robe. No. But stop worrying away today. Somebody said, worry doesn't rob tomorrow of its problems. It only empties today of its strength. Hmm? That's why you're so stressed. And I, and I give you the, the, the Bob Newhart psychology about it. Stop it! Stop it! Listen, where does it start? I'll tell you where it all starts. The first point, it's a key point. Control your thinking. You know why the devil got Eve to eat of the fruit in the garden? Because... He altered her thinking. You know what he did? God said, you can eat of all these trees except one. That's a pretty good selection. You know what the devil said? Did God say you couldn't eat of all these trees? You know what he did? He changed her thinking to the fact that God was not good. God was not allowing me to eat of all these trees when in fact God said, don't eat of one out of probably thousands. The problem is we give the devil place in our thinking. We need to control our thinking through creation, through meditation, through supplication, through selection of good music. Confidently trust your God. Remember his omnipotence. Rest in his will. Rely on his provision. Cast all your care upon him. Cooperate with unchangeable circumstances. Hey, think of Joseph. You want somebody in the Bible who cooperated with unchangeable circumstances, read the story of Joseph, Genesis 37, and then Genesis 39 through 51. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, probably, probably my favorite Bible character pastor, Joseph. Over and over and over, things happen to him that we say, what on earth? And you know what? He, he cooperated with it, and the Bible says, and the Lord was with him, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord will be with you when you cooperate with unchanged. You say, Lord, I have no idea why this has come into my life, but I trust you. Cooperate with unchangeable circumstances. Cultivate a sense of humor. Learn to laugh a little. Crown God first place in your life and comply with God's timetable. Stop worrying tomorrow away and wasting today. Scripturally handling stress. Seven ways to scripturally handle stress. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, your blessing. Thank you for your word that teaches us so very much. I pray that you would please help us now as we come to a most important 
part of the service. And that is the part where we get to respond as individuals. God, you said where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. You said in Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We know you're here. We know by virtue of the fact we have saved people in this room that the Holy Spirit is here. Lord, we know you've been working, but now it's time for us to move, to make a decision, to perhaps run over some of this message in our mind. Perhaps it is our thinking. Perhaps there are those that are fallen victim to Satan's great ploy of perverting our thinking about you. Perhaps it's not trusting you. Perhaps it's not casting our care upon you or not cooperating with unchangeable circumstances. Maybe there's some bitterness in this room toward your treatment of us. Lord, please work as only you can. Take this one message and apply it to many hearts May decisions be made for all eternity. We pray in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Miss Rebecca is going to play a hymn of invitation. You go right ahead. And we give you an opportunity to respond. It's not enough to just hear a message. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Maybe God put his finger on an area for you. Are you stressed? Listen. That phrase, too blessed to be stressed, is a nice bumper sticker, but it's not always true. Sometimes we are stressed, but we're going about it the wrong way. Your heavenly Father. Over and over, you ought to look at that in that text. I hope you caught that. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. He loves you. He cares about you. He will provide for you. Stop stressing. Start trusting.